I don't know where you live, but in the state of Florida, it has been hot. We had summer begin, I think, in February, and it has been amazingly hot. So with that, we say we get started and uh, get this thing rocking and rolling today. It's Tuesday, and it's time for SWAT, Sudden Wealth Awareness Training with Connecting Dots. Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Connecting Dots is sponsored by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. Break the mold and embrace the difference. Now, generally speaking, on the average on the whole, for the most part, I tend to speak about SWAT when it comes to people who have, well, you hire us to come out, and me in particular, to basically beat the holy dog out of you when you come into a very large settlement. A lot of people get an insurance settlement or a litigation. You wind up having a big contract. You nail that uh, sports contract. And if you got a good agent, your agent isn't also your manager. They hire somebody like us, and you actually do it to manage your money on a fiduciary basis. And we don't do the day-to-day management. You need to have an accountant. Important, you got to keep these people separate because you you know this is your big shot okay you get that nice big contract uh, from uh, television or uh, the film industry whatever the entertainment maybe you go to broadway of course you don't get anywhere near the kind of contracts on broadway you do in hollywood and everywhere else but here's the thing you nailed it you got a big chunk of change coming in the average in a home for the most part you're going to blow it now where do most people get their lump sums of money okay you generally get it through life insurance most people will get a large sum of money from some type of an insurance settlement. Mommy or daddy drops dead early. Uh, son or daughter, you know, gets killed in a car accident. You have litigation that comes in and you might have had, uh, you know, some kind of a big insurance settlement. The problem is this. It's usually too late. People who get insurance generally blow their money. Oh, they'll buy the motor home. They'll buy a new house. They'll go on trips. They do everything in the world. A lot of times they feel guilty. They'll, they'll do lots of things to try to alleviate the guilt. Oh, I should have done this or that with the kid, whatever. And, and it's just, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of people out there who will not buy life insurance. They won't buy anywhere near what they need to buy because they don't want the next guy or gal coming in who's going to bed mommy or daddy and if mommy or daddy then dies, instead of your kids getting the money, somebody had walked in and now, you know, nobody does any planning. So the money goes from your death benefit to her. And then she marries somebody else. Now it goes to him. You're like, are you kidding me? I mean, I don't know this guy. You know, I mean, this is the new husband or the new squeeze for my wife or the new husband. You don't want to. And then that's the real thing. See, a lot of people are uncomfortable with these kind of conversations. Get, guess what? Grow up, buttercup. It is what it is. So one of the things everybody should do if you get a life insurance policy is very seriously consider having an irrevocable trust. Now, generally speaking, all of the attorneys out there, all these estate planning attorneys, so many of them charge a bloody fortune for documents where the overwhelming majority of what it is is just boilerplate. If you know exactly what you want, you don't have a problem. So one of the problems I'm going to suggest you have is, okay, let's say you work, you got a million dollar policy. Million bucks isn't all that much, folks. So you got a three, four hundred thousand dollar mortgage in the house. Pay it off, right? Okay, so you pay that off. You got a car payment, pay it off. You got some credit cards, okay, you pay it off. So let's say you have half a million dollars. Guess what? Paid off, right? Gone. It's out of there. It leaves another half a million dollars left over. Well, 
$500,000. And if you factor, let's say, a 3.82% rate of return, and that's something that I talk about all the time, you never want to withdraw more than 3.82%. And you say, okay, here's what I want to do. My money's going to go into an irrevocable trust to pay my spouse an income stream, and you decide how you want it paid out. That's going to be basically $19,100 a year or the equivalent of a Fifteen ninety one a month, and you say, okay, now that definitely the house is paid for, cars are paid for, everything is paid for, and that's you know that's utilities and grocery money, and that should be enough for college education. I don't want any more than three point eight two percent to come out, and if the the investment grows, and you, you know somebody's doing the right thing with it, it's going to be fine. But then what you say is, I've got two children. I want to make sure, though, that when the children turn, you know, a certain age, that that money continues. And you just, you put in the parameters that you want. Do you want, for example, that money when uh, the youngest or when they both turn 18, they begin to get a part of that money, you know, instead of the uh, spouse getting all of it, do you want to divide it by three? Has, do you want to put a provision that if the spouse remarries or has a significant other relationship that the income stream stops and goes to the kids. You ought to think about all that kind of stuff. That's a real, real serious discussion. Now, here's the kicker. You, uh, you, you're married, right? You got, a, you got a relationship, but you can't talk about money. You, you just can't do it. Oh, I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff with my spouse. That would cause a fight. Really? That'll cause a fight? maybe, just maybe, you might want to think about uh, dealing with these kinds of issues before it becomes a problem. Because when it becomes a problem, there's nothing you can do about it. It's going to be bad news. Now, I can tell you, I know for a fact, with uh, well over 30 years of experience in the industry, that people just don't want to talk about these kinds of things, and they should. So with that, let me give a quick 30-second break. We'll be right back. Connecting dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. Oh, again, I'll say for the umpteenth time, you should absolutely unequivocally, beyond the exclusion of every reasonable doubt, assume that we have a conflict of interest because of the extensive nature of what we have. Okay, got that out of the way. Look, one of the most effective ways for ensuring that life insurance proceeds are protected for your children is by funding an irrevocable life insurance trust. They call them ILITs, I-L-I-T. Now look, with a life insurance policy, which is owned by the ILIT, or at the very least, the beneficiary is paid to a standby ILIT, a standby irrevocable life insurance trust, what does it do? It's a tool that guarantees that wealth transfer will go to future generations without subjecting the amounts to well, all sorts of other issues. Now, there used to be a pretty substantial estate tax in the country. I'm not going to talk about that here. We're talking about protecting against stupidity, right? We're talking about protecting against mama or daddy going out and getting that uh, Corvette. We're protecting against uh, mama or daddy cutting loose. Oh, we're so upset. And they wind up drinking and they use drugs and become an absolute trollop and 
things go sideways. They go out and uh, get into litigation. Oh, yeah, you died. You get a nice big chunk of change. They did something stupid, like get into a car accident, drunk, and all that money is subjected to creditors. You don't want to do that. So spending a little bit of time and locking money up is not necessarily a bad thing. But here's the key thing. You cannot appoint your spouse as the fiduciary of the trust. You need an independent fiduciary. You need a trusted individual or organization that will fulfill the duties and obligations of the trust, eliminating the possibility the funds will be mismanaged. And, you know, again, emotions and untrustworthiness and the spendthrift spouse or ex-spouse. Oh, boy. That's another one of the problems. If you're divorced and you've got a life insurance policy, Man, you need, the last thing you want is that ex getting your money and doing whatever he or she wants to do with your coin, and that's just kind of a bad situation. So our suggestion to you, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, what you want to do is do it right. And if you have any questions, give us a call at 212-433-2525. That's 212-433-2525. Connecting Dots is brought to you by Fixed Cost Financial the home of fixed cost investing. It's better because it's simple and works. Break the mold. Be different. One of the ways of breaking the mold is actually doing life insurance in the right way. So you have the owner, you have the insured, and you have the beneficiary. I got to tell you, an overwhelming majority of the people out there, they spend very little time on the beneficiary. And these agents, and most of them are dumber than a sack of rocks, they just want to get that big fat commission from you because these insurance policies pay anywhere from 50 to 100% commission of the first year. So you're paying, let's say, $100 a month for that term policy. High probability that agent's making anywhere from $600 to $1,200 commission. Their focus, you know, selling the commission, right? And they move on to the next person. They ask you for family, friends, neighbors, relatives. Who do you know has had kids and might buy insurance? Blah, blah, blah. God, what a yuck. But here's the thing. Insurance is a tool. I have a life insurance on me. Everyone in the family has life insurance on me. Every one of my children has a life insurance policy. Every child that I have ever had, I put a fifty to 100000 250000 whatever it is, life insurance policy on every single one of them right as soon as they were born. Pounded the cash away. I think my oldest son, I think the cash value of his policy is getting close to $100,000 already. You know, here's the thing. You'll be amazed how quickly those uh, those uh, variable life insurance policies can grow if you just fund them and ignore them and let them go. But here's the thing. It's the beneficiary designation, boys and girls. Who's going to get the money? And that's the one thing. Oh, yeah, everybody talks about, well, let's try to get the least a costly premium. Yeah, okay. And then, oh, well, let's see. How much do we need? We're going to go through all this gyrations as to how much we need. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. I don't care a damn what the cost is. I don't give a damn how much you bought. It's where it's going to go and how it's going to go. So think it through. Irrevocable life insurance policies make a lot of sense. And don't leave home without it.